Riding Around is an improvised recap of a sitcom that never existed. Enjoy! I'm Kelly Quinn. And I'm Malin Von Euler-Hogan. We met as actors on the hit early 2000s sitcom Riding Around, the first network comedy ever to be filmed entirely on... And around... A bus. And we're still pretty good friends. And now we're doing the official Riding Around fan podcast. Each week, we'll talk about an episode of the show and bring you interviews, fun facts, and behind-the-scenes stories that only two people who were on the bus can tell you. Come ride around with us. Hi, listeners. At the behest of our legal team, we wanted to provide a content warning ahead of today's episode. It contains some very mature themes that might be upsetting to some listeners. Our guests today were thrust into fame at a young age and experienced the difficulties associated with that lifestyle quite young. As a result, today's episode includes frank descriptions of sex, gun violence, and drug use. That said, it's a powerful episode, and we hope you enjoy. Woohoo! Welcome, Kelly. Welcome, Malin. What have you been up to this week, huh? You know what? I've got my hands dirty making these flower arrangements. I know you commented on my Instagram, so maybe you saw. Oh, I saw them. They're gorgeous. Oh, thank you. Yeah, just getting a little creative these days. That's so nice. Oh, it's so important to be creative. I, I'm hoping I have some time for creativity myself when I head to Nantucket with my girls, my husband this weekend. So oh, beautiful. Yeah, that'll be nice. When I say this weekend, for those of you listening along at home, of course, you're hearing this on a Monday. So you might be confused as to why I'm already talking about the weekend. But of course, the day we record isn't necessarily the day that you're all listening to this. And you know that. But you know, I'm new to podcasts. So I'm just, you know, talking it through for myself. No, I think it's helpful to give that kind of behind-the-scenes look into creation, kind of what we're doing with the show. Yes, a bit of a meta-commentary. And we want to thank our listeners who are just, again, loving it so far. We're seeing amazing numbers and a recent uptick in listeners in France is what the data is showing us, which is yes. so cool and, and makes a lot of sense given Kelly's character's name. Yes, Fontaine Boucher. It does not get more French than that last name. And again, that's a that's all from the brilliant mind of creator showrunner Diana Bones, who, although she's known for being Greek, is actually a bit of a Francophile. So that's kind of interesting there. And Fontaine Boucher, that's hyphenated. Mm -hmm. And I also have a hyphenated last name. I mean, do you think she knew... I'm trying now. I'm trying to break down. I sometimes wonder, did she know she's casting an actor with a hyphenated last name, not for a part with a hyphenated last name? I sometimes wonder. I don't think there are any accidents in this town. So no, no, you're right. You're well, right. Well, we'll have to we'll have to bring it up with her when she comes back on. I'm sure she will. There's some things she said in that episode that I, you know, she might want to address again later. So absolutely. Well, today we're going to be talking about season one, episode four. You know, it works better if you're seeing it in writing, but it's called ingenuity. So mm -hmm. that's engine, like an engine for a vehicle of some kind. Uity, like the suffix, yes, indicating a noun. Mm -hmm. And again, yes. if you're seeing it written out, it's um, yeah. Hilarious, laugh out loud, like everything these writers came up with. I mean, just, just brilliant. And I'm especially excited about today's episode, I do have to say, because two people who are very near and dear to my heart are here to record with us today. They played my daughter throughout all seven seasons of the show, and they still feel like my daughter now. Please welcome to the podcast, Carrie and Samantha Drusella. Hi! Welcome, girls! Hi, Mommy! <laughs> Stop. You're not even kidding, though. We felt like you really raised us. 
Oh my gosh, Kelly, I know how that must feel to hear. You're going to make me cry at least once per episode on this podcast. I, I know, swear. before we got on, Kelly was like, I'm going to cry, I'm going to cry. And I was like, nah, you're going to keep it together. You're a professional actor. And then look at her. I'm overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed to be speaking with you both today. I was trying to remember. So we met you girls when you were eight years old. And that might be confusing for viewers because you were playing a four-year-old. Yeah. And now you're what, 24? Kelly, what? Twenty-four years old. Yeah, I think. I guess I could ask you, girls. You're twenty-four, right? Yes, Yes. but we look twenty. Good, good for Hollywood, because you know you you cross a certain threshold, and no one wants to pick up the damn phone. Take it from us both. You know, we're sort of on the upper end of that threshold ourselves, sort of struggling with that. I would say, Um, but you both are just—I mean, just as beautiful as you ever were. But really, growing into yourselves as mature young women and even though beauty isn't everything, of course, and Malin and I would both say that. I think we're both as emphatic uh, on the fact that brains are important, but, you know, beauty matters. Let's not lie to ourselves here. So um, great to see anyway that you're both, um, you know, not, not losing that aspect of it as well. Definitely. We've definitely stayed looking our best. I think even clearly there's one of us who looks maybe a little less gorgeous Mm -hmm. than the other, but even that one is still beautiful. Yes. And I'm just so proud of you. Well, and, and you know what I find about the two of you is that though your careers have taken sort of different paths since the show went off the air, you seem very close. Are you living together? Technically. (laughs) Okay. Get into that for us. We're both going through a divorce. Um, so we oh moved gosh. in with each other temporarily. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Because we were we were at your joint wedding. Mm-hmm. So t- I'm so sorry to hear because there's, there's a couple of beautiful weddings crammed into one. It's it's okay. It has been a real emotional roller coaster because, as you both know, we married another set of twins. I did not want to get divorced, but um, you know, I had to I had to be there for my sister. That's such a shame to hear that you had to end what sounds like a happy marriage, but but of course, then, you know, you want to be there for your sister. Yeah. I mean, of course I feel very guilty and terrible about the situation, but there's nothing I could really do. No, of course. And take it from me, someone who's been through a handful of divorces in my time. You're going to get over it. You're going to find another person and you're going to live happily ever after. I'm I'm proof. It took a couple of tri- So I say happily ever after. You never know. It might take two more, three more, who's to say, but you will find your happiness. But you know what I'm going to say? All your real friends, they're going to be there for everyone. Malin, have I or have I not been there for every one of your weddings? You've been at every single one. And happy too. Happy too. It's a no brainer. Wow. Well, you know, we're starting on sort of a dark note, but I'd love if I could to read the TV Guide synopsis of today's episode, episode four of the first season, Ingenuity. Malika, actually, could I have you read that? I'd love to hear your voice. Of course. When Sylvia runs away from home and rides the bus all day, Lily rearranges her schedule so she can look after the girl and finds herself connecting with Tom. Meanwhile, Wiggles the Clown has a date he's nervous about and has to decide, should the clown makeup stay on? <laughs> I mean, the first season, just such a, a, a wild ride. The entire first season, just absolutely. And, you know, girls, I don't know. How closely do you stay acquainted with the world of the show? When we read this synopsis back to you, do you remember where you were during filming? Do you remember anything about that? I think of just working, working, working. I think of being (laughs) on set. I was on set. Oh, my gosh. This is when they sort of started to transition me to being kind of the main actress who would play the part 
only because you were a crier. I was a big crier. I was. And they I thought, loved to cry. You loved it. You enjoyed it. And so I think at a certain point, they just had to say, you know, let's let Carrie do her thing. So I just remember kind of working. You spent a lot of time by the craft service table, I remember. I did. You would sneak me little almonds yes. and treats, which yeah. I really remember having good memories of that. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because we found out later that I was actually crying that whole time because I was allergic to almonds. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and navigating that in LA, gosh, I can't imagine. They're putting it on salads all over the place here. It's been yes. one of... I would say my biggest struggles as an actor in Los Angeles, especially now you're later on, you did book that commercial. So you've been working with Almond Joy. Yes. Oof. So their throat is always, they Hi. say the doctor says there's a pinprick where air is released through the esophagus. See the risks we take for Hollywood, but it, it's, it's paying so off true. for both of you, honestly. And I was wondering if we could go back. What do you two remember about auditioning for writing around we were not actors growing up at all at all when you say growing up you mean from ages yeah zero to seven nothing of acting at all people would say oh let's do it a neighborhood talent show and we would say no 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 we even like reading aloud in class we hated it we ended up being homeschooled for a while because we were just like we're not doing it any performance we didn't want to feel like anything was a command performance for us we just didn't like that but and what ended up happening is our mom actually her credit was really bad yeah i've heard of this happening yeah yeah and so she had recently pawned off her wedding ring mm-hmm. it was completely out of money yeah and then she saw her two kids and was like, maybe I can pawn these two off in a but way. Unfortunately, the pawn shop would not take us. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there did, though, happen to be a flyer outside of the pawn shop that said child actors wanted the more beautiful, the better. So and we were quiet, but we were we were, we were beautiful. very beautiful. I mean, I remember, you yeah. know, when the day that they because we did a chemistry test. Do you, I don't know if y'all remember. It was so long ago, but we did a chemistry test. And it was all three of us doing the chemistry test together, even though, surprise, you ended up playing one little girl. I don't remember you being quiet at all. I remember you coming right out of your shell and coming alive reading those sides with me. Yeah, That is very And sweet. I remember they told us one of the reasons they cast us because we had such long hair. We And that set us apart. We had, I think at the time, what was it, down to... Probably down to our ankles at that time. Oh, it was so long. I think of you two as as butt length because from season three on, it was like you were just butt length hair. Mm-hmm. But that was a trim because when we were reading those sides. Well, we grew fast and they made our mother trim it <laughs> because they said we looked too much like we were mm-hmm. in a cult. And my mom right. didn't want people to know that we were in a cult. So <laughs> we had to cut it. So your mom was kind of a fascinating character around set. I don't know how much we want to get into her sort of acting ambitions. But, you know, she was often kind of hopping on the bus in a little hat or a wig she stole Uh out of wardrobe and trying to get in the show herself. Looking to be involved and meeting up with me I was in my trailer at least once a week to sort of pitch me online reads or different things I could do. And, you know, of course, I'm a professional. I had my own idea of what I was going to do with the lines already. So I didn't necessarily at the time appreciate that. And actually, we would sometimes come to disagree, you know, quite vocally disagree in that, you know, you would hear outside the trailer, they'd be shouting and be stuff thrown. But I look at it now and I think what a healthy, she was contributing to the artistic life of the show the same way that hair, makeup, writers, set designers were. 
Well, and I think we now look back and feel a little embarrassed, don't we? Because we were always just, mom, shut up, mom, shut up. And we really clung to you, Kelly, as kind of a, a mother figure in our life for a long time and still do mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. But oh, girls. I remember one time we're on the bus and she hops on and she starts pretending to give birth on the bus mm-hmm. while mm-hmm. we're shooting a scene. She gives birth to a burrito that she got at the craft services table. <laughs> it was just, you know, at the time it felt absolutely unhinged, but I guess now I'm proud of her for really putting yourself out there in a way that I, I never have. God, that's so true. Well, I think you're both successful in your own right. Our producer let us know that one of you has a jewelry line now. Guilty as charged. Okay, so talk to us about it. I love jewels, I love jewelry. How's that going? These don't really have jewels in them, but they are still jewelry. And I think that's something that it's really important to keep in mind as, as we talk about it. Yeah, so <laughs> through the, the nomenclature, I think of jewelry, I just am not familiar with. How do you decide if something counts as jewelry and something doesn't? Well, what I have found out is that the federal government is extremely strict about what they will let you label as a jewel. What isn't the federal government so strict about, you know? God, don't get me started. I found that out the hard way. But um, yes, I I have a line uh, called (laughs) Little Gal Grown Up. It's a, you know, it's a huge market, but it is an important market. It is jewelry for child stars who are now adult. God, that is so, and you know what? I'm making a note right now because- you know, who would like little gal grown up, my two little gals, Katie and Lauren, my daughters at home, you know, who I think I had practiced being a parent with you two. And now- And they are just adorable, can I say. They're very cute. Thank you. So could someone who's not a child star turned adult wear this jewelry, do you think? Absolutely. You know, I would say this jewelry is for for anyone. It, if you weren't a child star, but always dreamt of being a child star, if you felt like maybe you were a child star in your own sense, maybe you, you know, were really pressured to always get good grades or, you know, be mm. a star athlete. And, and as you've gotten older, you've, you've kind of grown out of that. I think that this line could, could be for you. Many different types of people wear this line. Yeah. Bubba Watson. Now, who is that? He won the Masters Golf Tournament in 2009. Now, in his mind, he really was a child star, especially to his family. He was working eight hours a day on the golf course. And he tweeted that he'd been wearing the line and it meant a lot to him. A celebrity endorsement. That's amazing. In a spontaneous celebrity endorsement, which doesn't always happen usually, you know, whenever I'm doing a product placement on my Instagram, my humble little Instagram, you know, only nine or 10,000 followers. And I haven't checked in a little. I hope it's closer to 10, I hope. But I get asked to do, hey, will you hawk my juice? Because I'm a health nut. Or will you, you know, will you take a picture with my salad or my cranberries and say a nice thing about it? But for Bubba Watson to just do that, unprompted is so special. It was a huge, huge day for us. And have you two, are you working together at all these days? I know you're living together. We definitely like to bounce our ideas off one another. We are constantly pitching different brands, different ideas. I personally am in the beginning stages of a brand. I don't know if I should talk. Oh my gosh. If we could announce on our podcast, a riding around exclusive should I do it? I don't know. I. All right. Well, I guess I'll launch it now. You can now purchase. Oh, oh my gosh, I get nervous. Don't be embarrassed. No, think of us it's as, as if we're on lunch and it's a non-homework day. So you two are sitting with us and you're just chatting with some old pals. Mm-hmm. I just worry that America's not ready for this. It's not embarrassing. Just tell them. I think the world has changed a lot in 
since we made the show even, you know. I'm releasing a personalized fleshlight that is shaped like my vagina. Isn't that exciting? Oh my goodness. Why haven't they done that before? Wow. That is really something. I mean, I will say as someone who used to play your mother on television, I'm a little like, ah, but I recognize at the same time that business is business, you know, and so good for you. I had to look at what is missing mm-hmm. in the market. And well, that was really, there was like three things that were missing in the market. It was yeah. that. It was candles you can put candles in the bathtub. You can put in the bathtub. Like actually in the water. Which I wasn't interested in doing because I, I don't want any, there's a lot of insurance that needs to be involved. And then it was weirdly enough because it's hats that you can soak in water to keep you cool. But that didn't feel right for me. No, I look at you and I don't see that for you. I don't see, no. not in the hat wear space. Mm-mm. So I picked one. I picked one and that's when I chose. And honestly, it's been quite a journey and you've been so supportive and it's been really fun. The making of it was a little painful. That's what I'll tell you. Okay. So we're talking about plaster going in. How does this work? I, well, I sat, I sat in a bucket. Okay. For an hour. An empty bucket, a bump bucket filled with something. (laughs) An (laughs) empty bucket. (laughs) I don't know. I'm a mom, you know, I have to ask. I have not spent much time in the world of flashlights. (laughs) I can't say that I have. Yeah. But you can buy them almost, you can buy them anywhere now. Uh, They're in Target. They're in Walmart, Walgreens. CVS. CVS. Yeah, anywhere. You are joking. They are selling your, a model of your vagina in a, in a Walgreens right now. And you're still shy about it. I know. Because I know. She's I know. always been shy. I've been shy. It was not where I pictured myself going, but I do think it's part of the child star rebellion, which I know we've talked about before. This like, everyone views me as a little girl. I'm not a little girl anymore. I'm an adult with a vagina. I, and I think this adds to the, the product. And I think you should be telling more people this, but doctors do say she has a medically large vagina and that shows itself in the product. And I think that's a, an important thing to mention. Well, and imagine you're walking in CVS and this is just what, Honestly, it makes me tear up a little bit. And you see a flashlight and you say, oh, that my vagina looks like that. And it opens up a whole world of accessories that we can sell as well. Now, what kind of accessories are we talking about when we're talking about a flashlight? And again, excuse my ignorance, I guess you would say in today's world, I'm, I might be considered a little sex negative. So I'm open to learning all things, but I, I can't say I have experience with any of it. There's many accessories you can do. I'm personally, just because of my big vagina, trying to create a space that's welcoming to other women with big vaginas. So you have things like ponytail holders for the lips because there's, they're so long and they're hanging down so far. So those are the types of accessories I'm thinking. You've pitched some ideas, but we're just kind of working on that. Wow. Well, I got to say, I'm so proud of you both. And just the way that you've been able to maintain, I mean, a somewhat normal life, despite the highs and lows of fame in youth. It's the self-awareness the two of you have and that you've had since you began on the show. I remember you would go up to the director each day and be like, which one of us is doing better? Just let us know so we can swap in, swap out. Like that takes such self-assurance and bravery. I could not, if I was doing badly one day, don't tell me. Like I don't, I can't handle knowing that, but you two were always just so aware. Yeah, we're kids, we're child stars. We're probably going to have drug abuse problems down the line. We're probably going to get into a sort of wild and crazy sex phase. And you just knew it and you're upfront about it. I love that. Yeah, we're honest. Yeah, your honesty, I think is, a, yeah, it's a trait I treasure in both of you. The two of you still have a ton of fans. Oh, Lord. And Kelly, I think we have a question from a listener 
Yes, we have one now. We have a question from Sam. Hi, this is Sam Jerpin from the City of Destiny, Tacoma, Washington, and I had a question for the twins. I'm wondering why they stopped making those direct-to-home videos, especially the iconic Passport series, Passport to Amsterdam, Passport to Berlin. I'm wondering why we never got a third Passport. Thank you. Yeah, I want to know. I freaking love those movies, even as a grown-up. And their favorites, their favorite movies of my daughters as well, I have to say. You know, I know they came out a while ago, but we've still got them. We have run those DVDs ragged in my house. Oh, Oh, that is very sweet. Um, The set was toxic. The set was extremely toxic. I don't ever want to put anybody on blast. And, um, you know, we, while we, in a way, loved making the first two movies... We, we did have a third movie queued up. And we did do a table read for it. Oh, you're kidding. Oh, which was that passport to where? We're not supposed to say. Oh, okay. It's it's under an NDA, but it, it might rhyme with Pliceland. <sighs> no. Gorgeous country. I've, yeah, I've only been in the airport, but. um, It just didn't work out because of creative differences with the director. Um, as you mm-hmm. both know, Charles Schumann directed all. All the passport films. But Charles. Charles was murdered by our mother, which, you know, we don't talk about a lot. She was trying to be funny and prank him by tossing him into a pool. And everyone was chanting, pool, pool, pool. And she threw him into the pool. She's a very strong woman physically. And it was an above ground pool. It was an above ground pool. And And I think we know the dangers of an above ground pool. Now we we certainly do. And um, Charles hit his head was electrocuted and and died. And that is what happened. And people know, I kind of compare it to what happened with Matthew Broderick. You know, you might see clickbait. You'll you never believe what Matthew Broderick did, you know, something like that. But so, so people do know, but it's not, it's not regularly talked about. It's hard for us to talk about. And I wasn't going to talk about it, quite frankly. And when you asked, I was just going to, you know, say what we normally say, creative differences, kind of just mm. push it under the rug. But but when you're family, you're family. And we will always be family girls. I feel that way. And so I welcome this sort of spontaneity of the sharing that just came out of you. And I want to honor that. And thank you for sharing that with us, that your mother murdered the director of your third film. Thank, thank you. you. We, we wanted to make sure our fans knew that we didn't just bail on the film. There was a love story in this film that was going to be, we were growing up, we were teenagers. There was going to be a bit of a, a romance and that didn't get to happen. It was so. going to be different than the other two films. That's That's, that's for, for sure. sure. And as you know, our mom didn't serve any time because it was, it was an accident. He shouldn't have been, it was actually the pool company's fault, technically. And they are in prison. And they are in prison. <laughs> the owner of the above room pool company. Well, that's good. Justice was served, it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Sam, I hope that answers your question. And thank you for writing in. And again, I just want to say every episode we say this, we are so happy to be receiving your questions. Please continue to send them at ridingaroundpod at gmail.com. We have one more question that was emailed into us. Calvin from Eugene asks, was your fight at the 2007 Kids' Choice Awards real or was that staged? Because Miley Cyrus won that year for your category. She did. And the two of you were photographed, you know, what was supposed to just be a sort of red carpet experience, you know, pulling hair and kind of at one point, Carrie had Samantha kind of in a chokehold and it was... Mm -hmm. It was very dramatic, and but a lot of people were like, "This is like pro wrestling. This is fake." So I guess I guess Calvin here wants to get to the 
the truth here. Now we can skip that, you know, we can skip this or we can edit the answer out. Yeah, you know, we actually haven't really talked Mm -hmm. about it. Um, Wow. In 2007, 15 years, you haven't talked about this. We haven't. (laughs) Well, the two of you have been extremely vulnerable and brave so far. And I'm happy we can provide sort of this platform for you two to reconcile on yet another, yet another thing. So in your own time. So it was real. Wow. It was real. Okay. Okay. Because it felt real. I mean, I know you two are spectacular actors. So it was, it was like, is this just one of, you know, yet another amazing performance from the twins or, or was it real? And wow. Okay. okay. Harry brought a gun to the award show. <laughs> I'm sorry. This, I'm so sorry. This is really hard to hear as someone who was working with you. I just sort of beat myself up that I never knew this sort of substance stuff was happening for you. Because at this point, 2007, you were nine years old. Yeah, it was her first and, and I was only a- time doing methamphetamines, but not my first time or last time carrying a gun. I um, was a big, at the time, fan of the NRA. That was, a you know, something I went through. And that was a big point of contention in mm. our relationship. You always were, the two of you, so political, so young. Yes. And always. so opposite politically. And she had done a PSA for the NRA that year. And... It was all about why children should own guns. You know, if there's two, if there's a good guy with a gun and a bad guy with a gun, the good guy should save everyone. And that good guy can be a child was the slogan. There's a good guy. So the slogan was there's a good guy with a gun, a bad guy with a gun. And the good guy should be a child. Could be a child. Adults Mm -hmm. and children alike could be the good guy in a situation and and have a gun. Um, Mm -hmm. And that was a really hard time for us because I am an extreme pacifist. Do you both know this? And I always, I always have been, I won't kill bugs. I won't fly in airplanes because I'm too scared that we might hit a bird. I, I really, really am against violence. And, um, that night she got high on methamphetamines and she got a gun to the award show and she wanted to show it to Miley Cyrus who wanted to see it, to be clear. And we DM'd prior to that. That is true. I can't deny that. Miley did want to see it, but I just think it felt really inappropriate. It felt really unsafe. I felt really scared. And I did not, I thought that was going to ruin our image. We were nine years old, you know, that was the peak of our career, the peak of us seeming innocent on TV. And Well, but I wasn't the only one who brought something to that award ceremony. That's what I'll say. You also brought marijuana. I did. But that is in keeping with her pacifist energy. I did. I brought marijuana. I brought marijuana and I smoked it out of an apple out of an apple before the ceremony. This is all happening at nine years old. I cannot get over what this industry does to our young people. I almost want to get up right now and go check on my girls in their rooms, eight and ten, and do a drug check or something because this is making me worried. They're doing them. They're doing them. Every kid's doing them. Actually, if you don't mind, I am going to jump up and check on my girls. Yeah. Okay, they're doing their homework. Phew. Maybe it was just us then. I, I don't know. The, I've learned over the years the industry really does something to you, especially at that age. Well, you're so disposable at that age, right? We can just find – we'll go to a mall. We'll find another young 
pretty actor to slot into a, the the part of the month, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, I think a lot of people, you know, Gerard Depardieu tried to push me down the stairs at the Hollywood Bowl, and no one has ever said anything about that. That wasn't even written up in the newspaper. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you for your bravery and coming forward now. Well, people in Hollywood know. That's what I'll say. People in Hollywood know. Meryl Streep knows. She can pretend to be quiet about Weinstein, but she cannot pretend to be quiet about this, okay? That's that's what I'll say. People know. And you know, Gerard Depardieu, then he peed on that airplane a couple years yeah. ago. That was a huge deal. But when he tried to push me down the stairs at the Hollywood Bowl during a Nora Jones nobody concert, cared. nobody cared. Literally nobody cared. Nobody so cared. so when you're that age, so now I apologize. And I did tweet about this. I apologized. I said, I'm sorry that I was so pro-gun and anti-women at that age. I really was. And mm-hmm. things I said about LGBT people, I don't even want to get started on that. I made a huge apology. Well, it's a different time, a different time for all of us. And a lot of us have come out on, come around on that, myself included, right? But I apologize for that. But at the same time, I was so not protected. Neither of us were protected by anyone mm-hmm. in the industry. So my, psychologically, I was trying to find anything that could protect me. So I went to guns and um, I'm sorry. Again, I'll say I'm sorry. Well, I don't think you owe us an apology, honestly, Carrie. I think I think the industry and the people around you who should have been protecting you are the ones who owe an apology. I'm really happy that the two of you are thriving, both with the fleshlight business, the jewelry business. I mean, talk about making lemonade out of sublimens. Yeah, and fingers crossed, you know, for that third passport film to be at some point realized because the world could use more of these shining faces here in front of us. And we're so glad, Carrie and Samantha, that you've come here to join us today. Can we ask, while we have you, we have a captive audience of, at this point, several thousand listeners per episode. Can we have some plugs for both of you? I would love for Gerard Depardieu to be in jail. I don't know if that counts as a plug, but I just, I would love to see more about that. I Mm -hmm. will, you know what? My husband works with a guy who used to work for Interpol. So I'll see what I can do, certainly. Thank you. Um, Other than that, I don't know if I have any plugs for myself, do you? For myself, I think we we definitely covered all the bases with our businesses that we're about to release. We'll head to Walgreens and look look in the medical device section for those. We'll tag the socials in all all of our posts. But I do have, I would like to, I would like to promote, I have a a favorite. I'm always, now we live in Los Angeles. She loves this girl. We live in Los Angeles now, and I'm always trying to go do food stuff and go see different restaurants and, you know, but I'm also looking to laugh. That's what I'll tell you. So I follow Mm -hmm. this incredible food TikToker uh, comedian. Jordan Myrick. You can look them up. I love her. She is always watching her. I always, at night when we're laying in bed together, she is just watching all her TikToks. (laughs) You two sleep in a bed. You're so close. That's so sweet. We do. We do. Yeah. We don't have, well, you know, there's only so much room in our Van Nuys apartment. Yeah. We're renting a one room. Absolutely. I love that. And I follow, you know, if we're doing plugs for other people, I follow this girl that plays her mom on TikTok and it is so darn cute she is funny she is so cute uh her i think her handle is at kendall landreth there's an h in kendall which i've never seen before <laughs> i think that's i think that's so interesting i don't know if that's a, a choice or how her name is actually spelled either that is so interesting and you know mom stuff always i always love that as a mother of two who's played a mother of one always interested in mom super mom any stability we had in our life came from you 
So we want to thank you for that, Kelly. Stop. The honor was mine. Oh, you two are so sweet. Thank you so much for having us on. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being so generous with your time and your, your stories. Wow. Well, we'd be happy to come on again if you guys need us on again. You know, we'll come back around. We have seven seasons of episodes to recap, so you will be back. Perfect. Thank you so much. We have a bunch more stories to tell. We do. And a bunch more tea to spill. We do. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, you two. Thanks again. Goodbye. so much to all of our listeners and thank you also to kelsey bailey who made our logo and to john Purcell for our theme music and for editing the show you can follow us at riding around pod on twitter and instagram and also send your thoughts and questions to riding pod at gmail.com please subscribe rate us review us anywhere you find your podcast please come back and join us next week we'll have another great episode for you that you won't want to miss see you then <laughs>